you know, that's what the trip comes down to is what do you feel that you're able to do? What's giving you anxiety, risk benefits? Welcome back, everybody, to another bonus episode of the DCL Duo podcast. And tonight we have Ashley with us on the show. Ashley is a listener who reached out and had been listening to some of our bonus episodes recently and said that they were pretty helpful for her trip planning to the parks. And she just got back from a trip with her family to the parks. And so I wanted to have Ashley on to share her experience and also some observations she had that she thought would be really helpful for folks as they're planning their vacation. So welcome, Ashley. Well, thank you for having me. Yeah, thanks for reaching out. It's always great to connect with folks who listen to the podcast. So you were down at Magic Kingdom from the 12th through the 17th and stayed at the Animal Kingdom Lodge at Kidani. Is that right? That is correct. We had some DVC points that were about to expire. So it was either lose the points or go down on a trip. Well, that's great. Uh, and so how were things at Kidani Village? What was the check-in like? And you know, how did, how did things seem? Listen to the other episodes and so heard some of the observations other folks had. But what were your observations about Kidani? It was very slick. You know, checking with my Disney experience was very helpful. And we were able to go to the room actually before four o'clock, which I've heard in the um, past, a lot of rooms were ready right at four o'clock. We arrived Orlando by Southwest Airlines around noon. And by the time we got to the Walt Disney World property, the room was already ready. So we were able to drop our bags off and then head over to our first park, which was Epcot that day. That's that's great. And so who was with you on the trip? It was my husband and our two sons, eight and five. Awesome. And you guys traveled in from Iowa, I think you said before the show? That's correct. I, I should ask, how was it getting there? I've heard from a few listeners that felt really safe once they were inside the Disney bubble, but actually traveling there felt a little iffy to them. How was it for you? And we felt pretty secure. We selected Southwest Airlines because we only had to have one stop and we were actually able to stay on the plane in St. Louis. And so we did not have to have a layover in another airport to minimize exposure. Southwest is still allowing middle seats to be empty through the end of September. So I felt comfortable with the policies that masks were required, as well as the open middle seat to allow my family to travel down by air instead of driving. What was it like once you got into Orlando? Orlando, I've never seen MCO that empty. We were looking at the line for TSA and it was five to seven minutes. I don't think I've ever seen a low number like that. We are TSA pre-check and that's usually what we wait for that line. But to see that as an average traveler could only have five to seven minutes, it was a breeze. And how did you get from MCO to the parks? Did you take Magic Express or did you use another kind of transportation? No, we decided to use a rental car this trip just due to minimizing being around other people outside of the parks if we could. And so you, you got to Kidani, checked in, got to your room. Everything about the room seemed safe, clean, nice, all, everything in order there. Everything was sealed in plastic, even the dishware. So in DC, typically you have porcelain, silverware, and dishes and glassware. This time, everything was disposable styrofoam. So everything was pre-individually wrapped. The kids had a pullout or we were in a studio. So we had the extra blankets and that was also sealed. You could tell that it was not used prior, which I appreciated. Felt like there was a clean, fresh scent. There was no signs that the room had not been thoroughly went through by uh, housekeeping. Okay. So it sounds like everything was went well at Kadani. You spent some time in all four parks. Probably don't need to dive into each park individually, but what were your overall impressions of, you know, safety measures on property, being in the parks? You, you mentioned before we started recording that you're actually in the healthcare field. And so you felt a little bit more attuned to things. What did you see? What did you observe? What stood out for you? For crowd level, it was 
definitely the busiest at Hollywood Studios, which I know other listeners have mentioned. Epcot was definitely the lowest crowd, with maybe even just slightly above uh, Animal Kingdom. Magic Kingdom, that's where I had the most personal issues with the mask compliance. And most of the time, 98% of the time, it was an accidental mask non-compliance where someone, you know, the nose kind of slipped out or things like that. There were a couple of occasions where we had cast members, especially one example was on Jungle Cruise, where she stopped and she said, I'm sorry, you have to have your mask over your nose and mouth, which I really appreciate because on Jungle Cruise, even though you have the plastic dividers, you're still not that distant from other individuals on the boat. Then the only other time where I had my family kind of move away from the situation was at the Tiki Room. I observed an older individual who had her mask down the entire show and she was on her phone the whole time. So it was very much illuminated that she was in non-compliance. So to make myself feel better, we kind of scooted down the road to increase that distance. Even though there was already six feet, it made myself feel more comfortable to just further myself. The kids were fantastic. I saw hardly any kids that were not within compliance. It was mainly the older adults and their parents that were having more issues with the mask than the kids, which I think everyone country right now is questioning, you know, school, can kids wear the mask that long? I definitely saw it in the Florida. The kids think it's fun. You know, they, they have, you know, cool characters now. My children wore the Disney face mask. So they thought that it was really cool to have, you know, poo smiling and or stitch, things like that. If you make it fun for the kids, the kids will definitely be in compliance. Did you notice Disney cast members reminding people to wear their mask? Did, did you see a cast member observe that person without their mask on? Not that I could see that there was any direct observation from the cast member. You know, most people are pretty sly that if they are hot and overheated, they'll pull it down for a brief second. And then when a cast member does say something, they'll, or they see a cast member, they'll bring it back up. So they are aware of what they're doing. Most of the time, the uh, cast members, all they had to do was say, hey, you know, mask needs to be over the mouth and nose. I did not see any confrontation with any guest versus a cast member, which was great. Everyone knew what was required to be there. And I think everyone is just so happy to be back that they're willing to forego some of that comfort level with the mask to be able to enjoy their favorite attractions. Aside from mask compliance, did anything else sort of catch your attention or catch you off guard? No, my kids are at that age where, you know, they really enjoy all of the souvenirs. So we are big into the press penny machines or very few of those in the park. They did have the press penny machines, but they were more of the, you know, if you do $5, you get multiple coins, not the one where you have to put in the 51 cents and hand crank. So we did not get a lot of those this trip, as well as the pin trading. There were the big boards across the in, the property and they would have a cast member there and you at a distance would look at the pins and decide which one you want. And then you would drop your pin that you would like in a bucket. So it'd be thoroughly cleaned, which I appreciated before it gets onto the pin board the next day. So they're waiting hours after sanitizing to then replace it on the board. And then my kids also love those wishables. Um, for those who don't know, the wishables are just a small plush that are in a blind bag. So the idea is that you grab a bag and you kind of squish it around and feel for which item you would like. Well, in the days of coronavirus, touching multiple bags by multiple guests is not really <laughs> healthy. So the cast members saw that we were kind of looking over at that area and actually said, hey, if is there a certain one you would like to get? Why don't I help you? And they would assist by trying to find the desired wishable, which I thought was great. It really helps preserve the magic by having as 
little uh, guest touch that object before you buy it. And, and how are the rides and things that you went on? Did you feel like people were distanced appropriately? They were loading the car as well? Yes. Everyone was doing really well with these stickers on the floor. You could tell every once in a while, maybe someone was a little distracted and they would look up and say, oh my gosh, I'm so sorry. Step back. Keeping that distance, especially for some rides, they were tighter turnbacks, switchbacks. So it might not be every six feet. It might be actually more than that. And so you just be used to that six foot distance. And all of a sudden you're halfway up and you're like, oh goodness, I'm too far. So then everyone kind of backs up and everyone is so polite and they're saying, I'm sorry, excuse me. The hand sanitizers, I saw wonderful compliance with that. I actually would recommend bringing your own sanitizer. Disney provided one is great, but if everyone's getting off the ride at the same time or if a show's laying out, that's kind of a conjunction point for a lot of people. So it's just easier to have one handy in your bag to just spritz on your hands, walk away, and you can still avoid individuals. And how about the process of getting into the parks? I mean, you sort of jumped right into the middle, which is my fault, but the, the process of getting into the parks, how was that? I really hope that the current system stays. They're at Magic Kingdom as well as Epcot, I believe. It is a like kind of like a metal detector where you have to take out your heavy items, put it in a plastic bin, and you walk through. The Animal Kingdom in Hollywood Studios has a different type of metal detector where you can hold onto your large hydro flasks or umbrellas and walk straight through without really having them have to look into your bags at all, which was the shortest lines I've ever seen for security, as well as the least amount of security individuals looking in my bags, which I thought this is great. I hope this stays forever. And was the temperature check process pretty quick and easy? Yes, they usually had probably 12 to 16 Advent healthcare workers taking the temperatures and you would stay together as a group to, as you approach. So if someone in your party did have a high temperature, the whole family would be excluded if they were not allowed in the park. So that way you're not increasing exposure rate by allowing someone from the party who's been around that individual who could be positive into the park. So it seems like Disney has really tried to think of all the ways that they could have coronavirus come into their area and try to minimize that as much as they can. And what were the lines like? Yes. So I'm kind of a planner from our past trips. I have a bullet journal where I write down the areas of the parks, what rides are there, what we ate. And looking back from this trip compared to other trips, we probably did at least 32, if not 50% more rides than we do on a typical day. And that's with, and we usually go in the summer where they have these, you know, extra magic hours and the extra late hours at night. Um, So with an eight hour day, we were able to do most of the rides once, if not multiple times. The only time we did not have have a success rate for all the rides was at Animal Kingdom because uh, Exhibition Everest was down for the majority of the day. So the park felt a little busier. So Flight of Passage, it was not those five minute wait times that I've seen posted and discussed elsewhere, but it was still a very manageable 20 to 30 minutes. So I'm not complaining about being able to go on Flight of Passage four times in a day. (laughs) Yeah, I remember the days when you could only get Flight of Passage once. We were excited because this is our first time actually going through the standby queue. So we got to see the life-sized avatar in person for the rides as well. We, you know, with our five-year-old, he was finally getting to that height where he could go on some of the rides for the first time. That's a little nerve wracking. So for the kids, 
being able to go on a rock and roller coaster and not have to stand in that pre-show and let that adrenaline and anxiety build up is pretty good. So that way it wasn't having a child, I can't do this. I don't want to do this. They were able to get up on the ride, enjoy it and say, you know what? That was a lot of fun. Let's do it again. Well, in terms of rides, I also know you got to do Mickey and Minnie's Runaway Railway. How was how was that? And were they doing the pre-show experience? Uh, sadly, not doing the pre-show. But really uh, remiss that they weren't able to see that so easy. Thank goodness for YouTube that we pull it up before while we were in line when we wrote it a second time so they could see the cartoon, see the special magic that happens before the ride. But I don't feel like that pre-show took anything away from enjoying the ride and understanding it. You know, they the cast members have changed the script to explain what was supposed to happen, what happened and why you're now doing the ride this way. Well, and so um, how was the ride? I mean, I guess how was how was Mickey and Minnie's Runaway Railway for you? It was definitely the top ride for my five-year-old. My eight-year-old and my husband and I said, Rise of Resistance edges it out, but it is a lot of fun. It's very interactive and there's different plots that we were able to notice. Inside, there's a whole subplot with Pluto that on our multiple rides, we were able to kind of spot Pluto and see his storyline throughout the whole ride. Or my kids love Hidden Mickeys. So we were able to really search for some of those elements throughout the entire ride. You know, 1928, what does that mean? Versus, you know, other different homage to the Disney history. Well, that's cool. That's a, that's another interesting byproduct. The fact that you got to do the ride more than once in a row enabled you to pick up on some of that stuff that you probably wouldn't if you did it once and came back months later or even days later. Um, exactly. So. Well, you mentioned Rise of the Resistance, the elephant in the room, I suppose, in terms of rides over at Hollywood Studios. So how was the process for you guys getting your boarding passes and riding Rise of the Resistance? To be quite honest, the first night we were at uh, Disney World, I don't think I slept well because I was so anxious about how are we going to get the boarding pass? What time are we going to get to the park? And that definitely added to some of the anticipation. We went to the park over an hour early just to make sure we could get into the park by 10 o'clock. And we were there so early. We actually road making minis runway railway before 10 o'clock to get the boarding pass. You know, we watched all the videos about how to. So when we actually got the boarding pass in hand, oh, it was such a sigh of relief. And then going through it, my family is a huge Star Wars family. So my husband had not seen any of the Rise of Resistance spoilers on the internet this whole time. To see it through their eyes was incredible. You know, seeing it, it's like you're on the movie set. You're living out a Star Wars journey. Unfortunately, our first ride, we were about to disembark and the ride shut down. But even though we're only 50 feet from getting off the ride, they still gave us a fast pass to experience later that same day. So we thought we had won the lottery. And the cast members there, oh my gosh, the first order, they are so in character. They were making jokes. My youngest had a uh, Winnie the Pooh face mask and the you know officer's like, son, you need to go to the bathroom. You've got poo on your face. Sorry, <laughs> it was hilarious. I, I think that's one of the sort of hallmarks of Galaxy's Edge is that everyone is in kind of a character all the time. We really enjoyed that. We really enjoyed on Millennium Falcon Smuggler's Run, we got the whole cockpit to ourselves. We got to decide which positions we were. You know, my children, they love being the gunners and one loves being an engineer. So they were able to get that every time instead of asking a stranger, hey, do you want to trade? 
trade for this maybe? You know, we were giving up a pilot seat usually, so they were happy to take piloting the Millennium Falcon. But um, to experience that just as the four of us is something that we know is not going to happen very often. Something that I will always cherish. That, that is that is really cool. There's some just unique opportunities you have going to the parks. Right? Yeah, I felt this trip, it was just more intimate. It was just the four of us. And we were able to experience things together versus, hey, it's us and a boatload of other people that we don't know on Small World. We talked a little bit about crowd, but what, what were the crowds like across the four parks? Any park in particular that stood out as being busier? Were they all about the same? It was definitely Hollywood Studios that was busier. And when we were there... The two days that we were at Hollywood Studios, it seemed that Rise of Resistance was struggling a little bit more. Definitely had longer down periods. So the rest of the park then would fill up. It was close to an hour for most of the day for Slinky Dog Dash. Rock and Roller Coaster and Tower of Terror were also in that 30 to 45 minute time waits, which still typical season. It's very low for the season, but you could tell that something was missing in the park that was eating up the crowd. So hopefully with maybe in the future, the equity actors coming back and opening up some of those shows to eat up some of the crowds, it will make the flow of the park a little better. And Epcot, you really don't have any issues right now with the taste of food and wine that a lot of people are experiencing that aspect of it, that the rides really don't add up for wait times as much. Well, well, speaking of Epcot, what was Epcot like? I mean, one, lots of construction over there. But do you mentioned the food and wine aspect. I don't know if you got to experience any of that. What was, what was your day at Epcot like? Yes, we were able to do everything that we wanted to do at Epcot. And that included all the rides except for Mission Space. I can't get my family to go on that with me. Not even <laughs> the non-moving side. And we got to the park. And our, we had to first activate our annual passes. So we were didn't get into the gates until about two o'clock and the park closed at nine. And we were able to do all the rides except for one. And we did a Spaceship Earth multiple times. And then we also had a sit down dinner that night. So Epcot, you can definitely say is probably a half day park with all the construction walls, sadly. It's loved those liquid nitro cake pops. And I think if I would have been able to get that every day for them, that's all they would have eaten the entire trip. I've never heard of these. What are these? They are in the show place, which is usually used, I guess, for media events or proms, things like that. And it is this gigantic cake pop. Think what you can get at Starbucks, but probably four times larger. They dip it in hot chocolate and then they flash freeze it in liquid nitrogen and they add, you know, M&Ms or Twix candy bars on it. And it was delectable, especially when you're in the Florida heat. Having a cold treat like that adds another layer to it. It sounds like you got to experience at least some of the food and wine. What was what was that like? Uh, there's definitely more t- standing up tables throughout the park that I noticed, as well as the line markers on the queues to get up to the cash registers, as well as retrieving your items. I really liked that they changed up the utensil dispenser of all things. Instead of having to push the handle to have a spoon or fork drop down, you pull by the edge of the utensil. So you're the only person that touched it, which uh, you would think a small change like that would not be that big. But really, in terms of coronavirus, it's huge. And they had, you know, hand washing stations before and after. And Epcot probably has the one that has the most actual water soap stations throughout the entire park versus the hand sanitizer automatic dispensers. Well, I'm curious, no one's commented on the wait time for the Frozen ride, which actually tends to be one of the most popular rides in the park. What's what's that like? It was about a half hour for us, which still 
for Frozen, not bad. And then it definitely is more outside of Arendelle in Norway for the line versus all those switchbacks that they've had in the past. Definitely feel, oh my gosh, this is more than 30 minutes. But surprisingly, it was very accurate down to the timeline that they had posted originally for that half hour. I'm curious, did you go on Soren and what's the different, any differences there in terms of how they're loading up the ride? So like I said, I have a five-year-old and they actually are using their, I swear, his booster seat every four seats and they have a booster seat with a plexiglass barrier strapped in through the seatbelt to separate the parties. They have plexiglass dividers between each of the concourses while you're waiting for to see Patrick. You still get to see Patrick and everything else. I One of the rides we did have a scent. The other ones, there may or may not have been. I guess with the mask, you're kind of muted to some of those sensitizers. Dining. We haven't touched on dining. What was your dining experiences like? Well, we are kind of a family that likes to plan things, but also allow some things up in the air. So on our first day at Epcot, we had reservations for Via Napoli, which my kids love. That is a must do on every trip. And then we didn't have another reservation until my husband and I had our anniversary. So we were uh, eating at Brown Derby for lunch. Everything else, we usually kind of say, hey, you know, let's just do a quick service or maybe the day of we'll see what's available for a sit down dinner reservation. Well, this trip was that was definitely a roadblock. A lot of the individuals had their 60 day reservations and we were not able to score anything except for Sanaa one night for a reservation. I did not know know that you could do a walk up. I thought, you know, everything was ADR. But now um, my Disney experience, I think as of this week has listed on it, you can see what reservations are allowing walk-ups and how long that would be for a certain party to get into that restaurant. And then for quick service, some of our favorite quick service spots were actually closed. You know, for example, at Mac Kingdom, Columbia Harbor House, which is a wonderful space to cool off and has pretty good food, was closed. So the second at Magic Kingdom, it's kind of like, well, I guess we could go back to Pecos Bills again, which is still fine food. But when you've had it once that trip, you're kind of hoping to expand your horizons a little bit. We were able to leave one night and go over to Geyser Point at Wilderness Lodge. That was a that does not have ADRs. So we were able to go over there. So for our September trip, we were thinking, well, oh, let's see maybe another resort that we could try. Some of theirs, maybe you know, go to Olivia's or go to Riviera and try their pool bar for their food. What else did you do on the trip besides in the parks? Did you hit up the pools? Any other activities that your family did? We we did do the pool once and unfortunately I saw a little girl who was pretending to be a whale in the pool. She was sprouting water everywhere. So I just quickly decided that is not a great place. I don't want chlorine for killing germs that much. So time in the pool was cut short. <laughs> oh, kids. Um, yeah. Yeah, I love them. I mean, she was having a ball and she was having so much fun, but I didn't feel comfortable enough in that situation. And I think, you know, that's what the trip comes down to is what do you feel that you're able to do? What's giving you anxiety, risk benefits? And for us, that was just a risk that outweighed the benefit of the pool time. You foreshadowed you're going back in September. So at some level, the answer to this question is probably on the whole positive. But how did you feel about the safety of the vacation and the value that you got out of the vacation, recognizing that, you know, the experience isn't what you would normally experience at Disney. It's different right now. Exactly. I still felt like I said before, you know, it was one of our best trips actually for our family. You know, we got to share so many memories with just the four of us versus adding in the extra guests that are sharing in those same rides with us. I love that we were able to get on a lot of the rides. We were able to pick and choose the things we wanted to do. And the cast members and all the other guests 
seemed happier in the parks as well. Everyone was kind of relieved that they were able to let go of some of their stresses at home just for a few days. It's been sort of a theme, something you mentioned, that it's just a different vacation. It's more relaxed. I like your word, intimate. I think intimate is a great word because you are sort of in your own little pod. Yeah. And the cast members were going above and beyond to make, to be helpful, you know, at quick service dining times. They were, one, limiting the number of people who can have a quick service meal at that time, which I hope sticks around, you know, the mobile ordering and limiting the number of people. So not five families are fighting over one table. The cast members were saying, oh, you know what? Let me clean this table off. It looks like they're about ready to leave. Hey, are you leaving? Oh, great. Let me clean this off. And now you can sit here. We were leaving. We stopped. Um, My kids are big popcorn fans. And this year we didn't really have that much popcorn because I didn't want them to be eating with hands throughout the park. But so we got one last bucket of popcorn to take home. And the cast members were saying, oh, you guys are annual pass holders. Thank you. We missed you guys. Thanks for being here. And I said, you know, we're actually leaving right now. And they said, well, we can't just have that be your last memory. And they surprised the kids with two Mickey bars. That's just an extra sprinkle of magic to really set that high for the trip. Well, it sounds like you're headed back down in September. Where are you guys staying? And, you know, what are you most looking forward to? We're doing a big family reunion in September. So my parents will be joining us as well as my sister, brother-in-law, and my nephew, who is two. And we'll be staying at Bay Lake Towers. And we're really excited. Uh, My parents had some extra DVC points from this coronavirus uh, timeframe. We're actually able to stay in a grand villa for a few nights. Those grand villas and bungalows are going to be going a little bit more uh, more often these days. I think there's a lot of DVC points backed up in the system, but that's great. That's going to be so much fun. Yeah. And so one of the things that we will be changing for our next trip, since we are a large party, a lot of the rides and attractions are not set up for a large party. So we're going to be talking beforehand. Okay. Who is sitting with Nana and Papa this time? Because, you know, they are the most popular people while you're on with them. The shows are only in seats of four and you cannot sit on a non-allowed space. If it says, do not, for your safety, do not sit here. Even if you're a larger party, you cannot have someone sit there. Having to see maybe country bears across the entire row or right behind each other, a couple rows back. So those are the type of things that you have to think about with a larger party, as well as, you know, for quick service, there are only tables of four or five. We're going to have to split up and eat across multiple tables. It might be right now on multiple areas of the restaurant. What about for advanced dining? Are they taking larger parties? Uh, We were having difficulty with that. So we've had to split up in the nuclear families for a lot of those. So we probably won't be even sitting close to each other as most family reunions go. Sometimes having a little space is not bad for a certain amount of time. (laughs) No, that's a good point. That's a good point. Well, when you get back from that trip, be sure to reach out. We'd love to have you back on and hear about how that trip went and the differences and anything that's changed since then. Any final thoughts you have for folks out there? You said the episodes have been really helpful for you and your planning. Any tips that you didn't hear in there or things that you would would suggest doing a little bit differently? Yeah. So one of the other changes I'm going to have for September is the mask selection. We tried, uh, since I was curious to see how things would go for September, I wore cloth. I wore disposable. I wore, you know, KN95s. And I found that the cloth masks with the ties were the most comfortable for myself and my children. So I've stocked up on a couple more of those to bring along. The disposable ones, they were lightweight, but over the course of the day, they did get kind of scratchy. So they weren't, they were quickly disposed of and brought out different cloth masks, as well as just being mindful of what is clean, what is dirty. I had a baggie of Ziplocs of different sizes. So when something got dirty, it immediately went into that dirty Ziploc. So then we'd pull something out from the clean 
need Ziploc to replace it, just to try to keep possible germs away from each other. As well as hotel selection, Animal Kingdom Lodge, unfortunately, is only buses. We did ride the bus one time after we went to the pool for the afternoon, and it took a lot longer than usual for a bus trip because there was a large party in front of us and they took up the entire bus. So we had to wait for another bus to come back versus when we stay at Bay Lake, we'll have be able to walk over to Magic Kingdom in a rental car. You know, the gondola, I mean, that's huge. Riviera, Caribbean Beach, that is probably what the best way beside your own car to get to and from the parks with the Skyliner. Ashley, I really appreciate you coming on and sharing your family's vacation experience with us. And like I said, when you get back from your next trip, reach out. We'd love to have you back on to hear how that trip went and what, you know, what was different and you know anything else that you observed while you were out there. But thank you so much for, for coming on. I really appreciate it. I've been listening to your shows and trying to prepare for our next, or actually our first Disney Cruise Line trip, hopefully in January. So I appreciate all the things that you guys have been doing. Well, as always, I really appreciate Ashley coming on to share the experience her and her family had visiting the parks recently. It is a very unique time to be visiting Disney World. What I liked about Ashley's experience and that I think she brought out in the show was some of the uniqueness isn't necessarily negative. There's some great things that you can experience, the ability to repeat attractions that are normally not repeatable because the wait times are so long and being able to pick up on those little things, the intimacy of the experience with her family, being able to ride rides as as a family as opposed to being mixed in with others on some of those experiences. So, you know, lots of interesting opportunities in visiting the parks during this period. As always, I want to reinforce we're not endorsing a trip to the park. Our family does not have plans to go to the park in the near future. And so, you know, that's got to be a personal decision for you and your family and how you feel about your family's uh, safety during this time. But with that said, we really appreciate people who come on and share those experiences. If you're out there listening and you want to share that experience, reach out. Ashley did, others have, and it's been great having them on and hearing their experiences and we love having listeners on the show so with that i just want to thank everyone for listening to the bonus episode this week please remember to subscribe to the podcast you can keep getting great content from the dcl duo each week please also if you're enjoying the show head over to apple Podcasts, leave us a five-star review leave us a written review if you can those reviews are really helpful in making the podcast more visible to people who might like to hear our content if you'd like to send us a question or be a guest on the show please email us at dclduo at gmail.com or reach out to us on social media at dclduo you can also head over the dcl duo channel on youtube for even more great content the dcl duo podcast and vlog are not affiliated with disney cruise line the walt disney company or the walt disney family of theme parks the views expressed on the show are solely those of the individuals on the podcast and in no way reflect the views of the walt disney company or disney cruise line if you have questions about a disney cruise or a walt disney vacation please contact disney directly or your own travel agent thanks again for listening please do stay safe out there this week we'll see you next time for another fabulous disney adventure with the dcl duo Good night.